I'm Georgia. And we are not astrologers. Join us as we fumble through astrology and try to unpack how it works and what it all means. This episode, we're looking at Jupiter and Saturn. These are the two transitional planets sitting between the personal planets that we've already covered and the generational planets of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. So basically the principle of how Jupiter and Saturn work together as like a bit of a duo and why we're pairing them together is that Jupiter is what is possible and Saturn is how it gets done. So like it's kind of a little bit related to like your career or um, your passion projects. Maybe it's related to schooling or education or travel, but it's kind of like, yeah, that combination of what you want to get done and how you do it. Yeah, I think I feel a lot more comfortable with Jupiter than I do with Saturn in terms of understanding how it works, what it what it does, what it controls. Yeah, well, I think we also came across a lot of like inconsistencies with how Saturn was explained online. It's a bit contradictory. Sometimes it's more about how you set boundaries and other times it's more about what barriers you might come up against. Yeah, it's definitely a bit more confusing. So should we start with Jupiter? For sure. I mean, it's definitely the closer of the two. So It is. It is. So um, <laughs> for those of you who are more familiar with Greek mythology than Roman mythology or just Disney movies in general, Jupiter is the equivalent of Zeus. Mm. He's like the god of all... The gods. Of all the gods. Yeah. Um, and it has similar attributes, like Jupiter as a planet has similar attributes to Sagittarius as a sign. Yeah. So there's a lot of overlap between those things. Like there's a lot of um, exploration, growth, power. So like that also ties into a little bit of like knowledge and those sorts of Exploration. Exploration. Yeah. It's very exploratory. Yeah. I've always thought of Jupiter as it often the the word um the words good fortune get mm-hmm. thrown around and I always think about it's not necessarily luck like to an extent it's luck but it's not just luck it's about what type of things you can do to have the best fortune come to you sure and so that's where the signs then come into play with their interaction with Jupiter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's like if you've so like we'll take Sagittarius for example, if you're a Sag, if you've got Sagittarius in Jupiter, then it's at home and so by doing the Sagittarius things of exploring and trying new things and being fiery and passionate in what you do, you're going to have the best fortune. Surprisingly, we actually both of us know a lot of Sag Jupiters, like a lot of our friends, I mm. look back through all of their charts because yeah. this is how I like to wrap my head around some of the planets. He's like, I apply this to people I know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like even my mum, my mum is also a Sag Jupiter and it kind of like she's a teacher and then like one of my other friends is a doctor, another is studying to become a lawyer, another one of our friends is studying to become a computer science engineer like they all all of them have the same placement of like Jupiter in Sagittarius and those things seem really disparate like teacher lawyer doctor computer science engineer but that 
placement kind of means that because they've got like a great passion for those areas that they're going to thrive in those areas. Like it's not necessarily going to dictate that they're all like going into like very altruistic areas. Like my mom is a teacher or my friend is a doctor. Like it just means that they are going to do great things in their chosen fields because yeah. of their passion and dedication and because of that like energy that Sagittarius brings into Jupiter. I mean, I think it's also interesting because two of those friends are back studying. They studied, mm. they left uni and they are back studying. And in something that I've heard a lot and what I associate in my head with Jupiter, because Jupiter is often people are like, it's about good fortune. And what that can kind of mean is either finance and job, mm -hmm. but it can also be higher education. Like yeah. higher education is very much something controlled by Jupiter. So mm -hmm. the fact that one, your mum is a teacher, like if that's not about education, <laughs> what is? Yeah. And then, yeah, two of them. And lucky in that she is a teacher because, so my mum didn't actually get into teaching straight out of high school. Mm. She graduated from high school and didn't got a leaving certificate. That's how old she is. Um, <laughs> she, she's going to hate that I said this, but she got a leaving certificate in year 11. Yeah. And she didn't get enough to get into te the teacher's college. Mm -hmm. um, and two years after she graduated, they extended high school for a year. Mm. So there was an entire year that nobody graduated from high school. Yeah. So what they did was they went back through the last five years of school leavers to fill the university placements for that year. And my mum was one of those teachers. Right. Was the teacher pulled from the last five so years. So had good fortune. <laughs> had great fortune. And she always talks about how that year in university and like most of the people she was with in that cohort, like Jupiter spends, I think, two or three years in a sign. Mm. Most of those people would have had the same placement as my mum. Mm. So they were all very fortunate. And apparently they were the most dedicated teachers you would ever find because they, they had got their second there. chance. They've yeah, got their yeah, second yeah. chance. The ones that weren't so packed, that maybe applied for teaching but didn't get in their first time had already gone on to start new careers. But the ones who were willing to leave their careers in the first few years and, and take the chance and go back to university. Because that's what they wanted and they had that, that fortune presented itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think that whether you're kind of like, whether you, like, again, my mum also had to go back to study like our two friends. Yeah. Which I think is, like, definitely a Sagittarius Jupiter thing. Yeah. Well, shall we talk about our Jupiters? Because our Jupiters are very interesting. Like if Sagittarius, the fire sign mm. is the naturally at home with Jupiter. Yes. Um, the two of us are both water signs, Woohoo! <laughs> which generally puts out a fire. <laughs> yep. So, sure does. So my cancer Jupiter, is all about like big empathy, big intuition in my like area of fortune and wisdom, <laughs> not wisdom, <laughs> area of like fortune and knowledge and exploration is all about emotions. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I don't know, in, in my mind, my Jupiter like is the part of me that I really tap into in my art. Yeah. More than my design. Like, no, my design my is Jupi my Virgo. My Jupiter is in my art. Like, all of yeah. my art, I can tie back to Jupiter. Yeah. All of it. Because mine is Scorpio. Mm. And 
Scorpio as a water sign is big on emotions but have that hard exterior. Mm. So instead of instead of pouring your entire being into your art the way that maybe like a Pisces would or a Cancer or a Cancer <laughs> um mine is very much about looking at how the personal is political and really politicizing it. And then also something that I read about uh, Scorpio in Jupiter is that sense of the taboo that is associated mm. with Scorpio yes. is you are going to have good fortune when you do kind of when you grapple with taboos and so much of my art practice from early days at art school right up through to honors and then taking it outside of uni like one of the things that I kept thinking about was there are lots of taboos that are still kind of taboos but they're not really taboo anymore like sex in and of itself yeah. there's still an element of taboo about it but there are things within sex that are more taboo than other things in you know what I mean like it was yes. I was very interested in exploring okay like periods in art have been done a million times what else can I do I know discharge like it was like <laughs> let me push this taboo envelope yeah and that is when I got good marks and but, when I played it safe with yeah. the, with even if it was with the taboos even when I was playing it a bit safe and being like oh body hair it was like oh you get it you have a have a pass mark <laughs> And I think that also, like, just you talking about your practice just now reminded me, like, of, like, I guess one of the differences in our practice, like, I mean, there are a lot of differences in how we practice art. Oh, yeah. But one of the things is you're far more outwardly self-deprecating in your art than I am (laughs) in my art. Like, my art is actually just, like, raw, authentic, trying to connect to people, trying to make people think about my experiences Mm. you create that empathy yeah i'm like trying to tap into other people's subconscious yeah (laughs) with my big cancer energy yeah whereas you're more a bit i get like it's not guarded like you're so no i'm pushing people away though by doing it yeah like i'm 100 percent making them want to puke and leave the room (laughs) which is like i'm sharing a lot with you of my emotional being but don't get too close or you'll get sprayed (laughs) with unpleasant liquids that sounds bad (laughs) after just mentioning the discharge thing it was jelly jelly is the unpleasant liquid (laughs) let's just clarify that (laughs) um but it is it's very it's still very defensive art i think yeah like i'm sharing a lot but in such a different way that it is not Whereas I'm quite literally very factually poetic in my art. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. My, my art is literally poems. <laughs> yes. Mine is far from that. Yes. Far, far, far from that. God, that's such a cancer thing. Wow. Yeah. And mine is <laughs> so Scorpio. <laughs> so the other thing about Jupiter mm-hmm. that still kind of confuses me a little bit, but you're a lot better on, is Jupiter return in someone's lifetime. Yeah. So what a Jupiter return is, is basically when you have your natal chart, it's a circle. When the planet makes a 360 degree uh, rotation journey around that circle, it gets back to the same place it existed when you were born. Mm -hmm. Now for Jupiter, this takes 12 years. Mm -hmm. And every Jupiter return is generally considered a lucky year. So it's when yeah. the, it's basically when, when the to you. power of Jupiter is doubled. 
Yeah. It's back in the same sign that it was originally in. So it's back in Cancer for me. It's back in Scorpio for you. Yep. And it happens every 12 years. So when you're about 12, when you're about 24. Makes sense. When you're about 36, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So for us, we've only had two each. Yep. Uh, both of us, you know, started high school around our first, like as everyone does. Started. Yeah. Yep. Started high school around our Jupiter return. For me, when I when I read about this, I was like, oh, what else kind of happened around that time? And it was that because of my transition to high school, I had to start managing my diabetes by myself. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like there's like an element of like growth in that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that that to me was like the Jupiter energy that I kind of tapped into at that time was like, okay, well, like there's a big thing that I have to do. And it was very emotional, Mm. not just because I'm a Cancer, but a Cancer Jupiter, but because that's a big thing to take on at 12 years of age. And then for me at 24, I changed universities. So I switched from a rural university in Australia to a metropolitan university Mm -hmm. where I then met all of our friends. Yep. Um, Changed my area of study and I also changed my name. Yep. Lots of change. A lot of change. But good change. Good change. Lots of growth. Lots of... And, like, for me, the changing of name was definitely good fortune. Changing of universities, also good fortune. I think if I had not changed universities, I wouldn't be considering a PhD. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't know that that was an option for me unless I had made the friends I made at UNSW. Yeah. Good luck, some might say. Hmm. Good fortune. Good fortune. Good luck. For me, I don't really remember much about being 12. Yeah, fair. Other than starting high school, which I just, it's all a blur. Nothing of any um, substance that I can recall. But my most recent Jupiter return mm-hmm. was my honours year at uni. Yeah. And it was a great year. Despite it being, everyone told me honours, stressful, hard work. Just, it's going to be a slog and it's going to be so difficult. And I just, not without, like, I don't want to look at it with rose-coloured glasses, but when I look at my degree as a whole, and I spent, like, six years at university. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't a short stint. Honours year was, like, not my hardest year at university, even academically. And I'm going to put that down to the good fortune that Jupiter brought me. Because I was talking to you about this the other day, actually. I don't think I cried, like, stress cried once during honours and I did that a lot throughout various points of my degree Mm. I stressed out so much in honours and it's because I was going through my Saturn return which is the opposite of good luck yeah I haven't had mine yet and I'm not looking forward to it um wouldn't recommend but yeah my Jupiter return like I really Everything just kind of... I was leaning into... Well, the other thing is, is that... You were leaning into I was leaning energy. into my art practice of all my... Like, where all the Scorpio energy leans... Be- like, it was it was just such a nice synergy of that Scorpio-Jupiter always playing out in my art practice, doing honours in that, leaning into that, Jupiter coming back around. Had a fabulous year. Just an absolutely fabulous... Like, I look back at honours so fondly compared to other years that I did at university, Mm. which I look back on with just disgust and contempt and being like, I hated that. I hated that entire course. I hated that entire year. Whatever it was, it just, it did feel very lucky 
everything about mm. honors felt very lucky. The supervisor that I got, the resources and support that I got from other staff, the little tiny cohort that I was yeah. in, like everything just felt so lucky and easier than it probably should have been. Like it should have been harder. Yeah. I mean, honors is supposed to be the next step and it should be harder than undergrad, but but it just it wasn't. So let's let's talk about Saturn. Yeah, let's do it. Saturn. What do you mean, Saturn? Well, what, what are you? I've just been reminded that I read somewhere recently mm-hmm. in doing this research for this episode that Jupiter is called the Great Benefic and Saturn is called the Great Malefic. Mm. So one is beneficial and one is maleficent. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Disney references in this episode. So much Disney. Um, and Saturn has similar attributes to Capricorn. Yes. So he's like the industrious. Yeah. Hard work. Yeah. All work. All no work, play. no play. All work, no play. Yeah. Which maybe, maybe this is where we're getting that like dual message of like, boundaries and barriers because to me boundaries are a good thing yeah knowing how you set boundaries where you set boundaries how you can best set boundaries is important and everyone should do that and barriers are like obstacles you must overcome and we're kind of getting like that mixed message from our research on Saturn it's like both of these things but maybe one is just like you have your boundaries, and if you cross your boundaries, you're going to hit your barriers. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's the Saturn energy. Yeah. I think what's also very difficult for me to understand about Saturn is that when I read stuff about Saturn and try and apply it to myself, a lot of it, I should be reading it through a different lens because I was born in a Saturn retrograde. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've tried researching this, but as... as people listening may know but what we have definitely encountered is that the further out you get in anything astrology related Mm. whether you're starting it whether you're looking at planets or houses or anything else kind of the further out you go the more difficult they get to understand it becomes a bit more wishy-washy there's less out there on it like there's still lots of information but it Oh, there's definitely not as much information on your Saturn as there are as there is on your sun or rising or moon. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a whole different ballpark. And so, like, specifically trying to look at what being born with a Saturn retrograde in Pisces means for me. Yeah. Very confusing. Yeah. Very confusing. What have you found out so far? Like, what's your um, vague understanding, even? So, my vague understanding of... Saturn in Pisces, mm-hmm. Sands retrograde, is as with all things Pisces, it's very much related to feelings. But it's basically that like big feelings and big shows of affection and emotion are uncomfortable. And that you also don't like feeling out of control. It almost feels like oppositional to what you would think of a Pisces striving i mean i think for you this makes a lot of sense with like your little pisces moon which will which would be in the shadow of saturn like those two being both in pisces will like be in somewhat of a relationship to one another Mm -hmm. and then both of those being like well overshadowed by your leo sun 
Sagittarius rising. Yeah. And so then the thing about a Saturn retrograde. So there was a few things that I read. So one of the things that so-called traditional astrology used to think about planets in retrogrades Mm -hmm. was that the further away a planet was and the slower it moved, the weaker that planet's influence is. Which makes sense. Yep. Um, So, like, you know, Mercury being a very zippy, (laughs) zippy little planet is going to have a much bigger impact than Saturn making its big 12-year... 12-year? No, more than 12 years. More than 12 years. More than 12 Uh, years. It's like, it's like 30 years. It's 29. It's 29. Oh, yeah. It's 29 and a half. Yeah. 29 to 30 year journey. Loop. Yeah. Um, In my mind, I always think of rotation, but I guess it's not really a rotation. Because when I think of rotation, I think of it on, on its, its own axis, axis yeah. rather than around. Yeah. Um, orbit. That's the it's word. It's orbit. It's 29 and a half year orbit. Orbit. Um, but it's more, no, but we can't even say that because that's not right either. No, because it's not orbiting around the it's orbit is around the sun. Yeah, but we're talking about its orbit. It's not orbiting through around through the signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> journey. Yeah, journey. journey. Journey makes sense. Um, but so then, if you've got uh, an outer slow planet that's basically going backwards, it's just like not even going to affect you. Basically, mm. is one of the th- is the kind of implication that this research that I took away from it. Okay, which I don't think is. I don't think it's that it won't affect you. It's just that you're not going to feel those effects. And it also said that it's more likely going to affect you later in life rather than earlier in life. So I haven't had a Saturn return yet. You haven't. I am under 29.5 years of age. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I, I don't know. I think I'm probably going to find out a lot about what Pisces in Saturn in retrograde means in a couple years. Yeah. Well, I would say how exciting. No, I'm not looking forward to it at all. Um, but I had an awful time during my Saturn return. Like, they call it the wake-up call. Like, it's the time you're supposed to, like, realise things about yourself. You're supposed to spend the time reflecting on your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I did that in probably not a very positive way in terms of like I was doing an honors project Mm. that was very personal and making that personal very public yeah yeah and like having like basically reliving the worst years of my life to make art out of all of my trauma yeah is what I spent my Saturn return doing and And your Saturn is in Capricorn my Saturn is in Capricorn and it in my honors year it went retrograde, so it passed the specific degree that my my Saturn sits at seven degrees Capricorn, mm-hmm. and Saturn transited seven degrees Capricorn three times in one year. Oh, so you basically so had three returns. <laughs> I basically almost. had three returns. It was like an extended Saturn return. Like it happened at the beginning of the year, in the middle of the year, and the end of the year. By far the middle of the year was the worst part. I was very hopeful at the beginning of the year. So that's Mm. when it transited going forward. Mm. Then it transited going backwards. In the middle of the year, I was so hopeless. I thought I was going to get terrible marks. I thought I had completely lost my way in my honours project. I had like, I felt like I had no traction, which is another like phrasing that I've heard a lot Mm. about returns in the, in the like, 
further away planets is just a lack of traction, like mm. not being able to get anything done. And especially under Saturn, not being able to get anything done, like the workhorse planet with yeah. the workhorse sign. Yeah. And then it, then it went back Forward direct. Yeah. It went direct again. And then I had a third, it transited that seventh degree a third time at the end of the Far year. Out. And it ended up with a fantastic result. But it was a torturous, tumultuous time. Like it was to get there. So much. It was It was so not much. my breezy by standards of honours years. It really wasn't. And like Or a similar outcome. And it brought up all of the the same like it really intensified all of the the things that I've recently been reading about, like about being a Capricorn Saturn. Mm. In that like there's a fear of not being in control. There's a fear of failure like giving myself a hard time, giving up before I start, like all of these things that I've read about Capricorn Saturn, which I didn't expect to read. I thought, oh, Capricorn's at home in Saturn. This is going to be good for me. a great placement. No. And I don't it's think, just... I don't think any placements in Saturn seem to be particularly good because of what Saturn controls. Mm. So like the, the fear of not being in control... I also got that for Pisces, but it was more about a fear of not being in control of feelings and reality. Yeah. So it what it said to me was that I'm more likely to be adverse to mind-altering substances <laughs> because Pisces being big thinkers, big feelers, big um, dealers with spirituality and reality and those kind of realms. It was like because Saturn wants to be in control, the thing that you fear not being in control of is an understanding of reality and emotions. Interesting. Which, how real is that for me? Well, no comment. But <laughs> um, Saturn is definitely your, your fears and what you need to control and those kinds of... Like, it's it's it controls your yeah. desire for control and where you need control. And for me, like, my Saturn is opposite to my Jupiter in my natal chart. Right. So it's 180 degrees away and that Whoa. creates like a tension between yeah. this like <laughs> what you want to get done and how you get it done is mm. like literal opposite. Like Capricorn and Cancer couldn't be more oppositional in <laughs> how they get things done and yeah. what they want to get done. Yeah. Like my both, Capricorn both. is trying to make my Cancer do things. Both cardinal? Cancer's yeah. cardinal. Both yeah. cardinal. That's about it. That's the only similarity. <laughs> yeah they're both cardinal which means they're both like again like this there's nothing you have too much cardinal. there's nothing helping with that like cardinal. giving up before i start <laughs> yeah yeah. there's yeah. nothing no do i have a fixed sign in my chart at all do you <laughs> Scorp scorpio yeah scorpio, scorpio venus pluto and venus but oh, it's venus but in it's detriment in detriment venus. So and then in count. Pluto, which is like not even a planet anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it's generational. Oh God, God help me. Yeah, wow, 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 wow. Basically, don't look at your Saturn because it'll just make you <laughs> sad. That's what we've learned, I think. Um, but definitely <laughs> look at it before you're twenty nine and a half. Um, yep. because you want to know how fucked that year is going to be for you. I think so. The thing with Saturn ret with Saturn return that I've kind of pulled apart and maybe discovered a vague understanding is that 
it's this wake up call. So there was also all of these descriptions about Saturn being like the patriarch in your life or being like old father time. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think this Saturn return situation, it's either going to be this wake up call that drives you into gear if you if you lean into the right things yeah and you consider it it'll kick you into gear and put you on a on a path that will work for you probably until your next Saturn return or you're just gonna get caught up thinking about all the ways you have failed oh my god me (laughs) because it, it has Saturn has this ability to make you consider time and your use of time which is something that generally in society terrifies all of us um because of capitalism and societal expectations like where everyone is on some kind of like no one can escape time no and if you dwell on that for too long you're gonna freak yourself out and you're gonna be rendered useless (laughs) don't let saturn do that to you oh god what happens if i've already done it (laughs) <laughs> you've got, you've got, um, it's fine because you'll have another Saturn return and you'll be able to... When I'm 60! <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Don't about it. Don't about it. <laughs> no, I'm just hoping my Jupiter return yeah, you at 36. Ju- at 36. That's, mm. the, that's, that's the thing you can look forward to. You can look forward to your 36th This year. is why people's early 30s suck. Everyone hates their early 30s. Th- I mean, not everyone, because maybe you're very good at dealing with your Saturn. Maybe but you it's, have something But it's also, nice. like, it is the lowest low between the two highs of the, like... To 24 and 36. 24 and 36, yeah. Literally right in the middle of those two things, you're going to have a bad time. You're just, well, you're just Gwen gonna... Stefani wrote a whole album about it. <laughs> and I mean, maybe you won't have a bad time because you're already very good at considering all of these things. Maybe, because you have maybe, beneficial placements. <laughs> well, maybe what I need to do is start thinking about Saturn a lot more before 29.5 rolls around. Yeah, I think you... I really think you do. You really mm. need to, like lean into your Pisces moon more than your fire signs in that year. You're going to have to rely on that. Yeah. A lot more. Like yeah. tap into that watery goodness yeah. for a year. Which is hard because as we mentioned in the first episode, those two big fiery volcanoes of Leo and Sag, they don't want to let Pisces think or feel anything. <laughs> Maybe we should have recorded this on the uh, in the opposite order so that we could have ended on the positive of uh, <laughs> look maybe our Jupiter returns maybe but you know we have to be realistic. Life is full of good and bad things. Yeah, and you need to be prepared for the bad things. These are the last two planets we're going to look at this season. Yeah, we know nothing about the other three planets that we haven't touched on yet. We've a, we're on a journey to figure it out, but we are nowhere near close enough understanding those planets in any kind of real tangible way. Like, they're very non-tangible planets. They're, they're generational. Yeah. Which, even when you talk about generational, like, it's really obscure. Like, it doesn't even tell you... Oh, it's so hard to research them. Yeah. There's just so little It's very confusing, and we are not astrologers. We are not astrologers. <laughs> if we've ever given you misinformation, that's just because our understanding is like reading stuff on the internet 
having a chat about it, applying it to our lives, the lives of our friends, and then seeing what conclusions we come to. Yeah, and a lot of that chat happens in this podcast. Yeah, a lot of it happens in this podcast. And, like, you know, we're not, like, here claiming to be... Like, there's a reason this is called We Are Not Astrologers. We're not Mm -hmm. claiming at all to be professionals. Yeah. But it's fun and interesting to think about it. For me, it's, like, it is a form of therapy. I think that, like, I've made a lot of, uh, like, connections back to things I learned in actual therapy with a psychologist. Mm. And I just get to apply it in a fun way and make fun Mm. of things. And, like, it's a little less serious, which means that it's a little bit easier to tackle the problems. It feels more accessible. You know, it makes it easier for me to, like, reckon with why my emotions do the things that they do. Why I can't communicate something. Why I do this. Why I do that. Why my career is not flourishing. Like, it helps me process. And then also, it does the nice thing of going, okay, well, how do I overcome that? Yeah. What can I lean into what, to help me? Yeah. And like, you know what? Maybe my Virgo Mercury means literally nothing, but it gives me a direction. Mm. It gives me something to look at and go, oh, okay. Like if I try and be more analytical in my communication, if I try and be a little more well thought out in my communication, if I'm less impulsive in my... Like, that's not a bad thing for anyone to learn. No. But I get to do it through the lens of being a Virgo Mercury and it's a bit fun. And when I fuck it up, I can blame it on my Pisces rising. (laughs) And, like, it's a little less personal. It's a little less, like, hurtful when I have to look at the bad decisions I make because I can have a bit of fun with it. I mean, people often kind of make the joke of, like stop blaming the planets for everything that's wrong with yourself it's you like i see that in in on the main pages and stuff yeah but often your first step when you're confronted with something you don't like about yourself and i mean you as in everyone is like myself included is like you get defensive when someone's like oh you're like this and you're like what no i'm not like you immediately want to shut it down and then when you can go back and be like oh well that's because my sagittarius rising is an obnoxious bitch and then you can go okay well if my sagittarius rising is an obnoxious bitch what can my pisces moon do to help yeah and so you get this like scapegoat where you're you're still to an extent taking uh responsibility like you're still accountable for your actions and of your course. behaviors but you get this nice, okay, There's well, no it, star sign placement that excuses racism, homophobia, any kind of bigotry. just Any toxic behaviour at all. <laughs> just not. Nothing excuses that. No. But it's nice to go, okay, well, if I can... Let's say that that's the negative thing that's going on for me. What... Where are my strengths? Yes. How do I lean out of the toxic and into the healthy and positive? Yeah. And that's what's so nice about and it. And it's literally... It is literally akin to schema therapy like when I was doing therapy one time my psychologist talked about the critical parent and the vulnerable child now I talk about my Virgo moon and my Pisces rising like my my Virgo moon is my critical parent and my Pisces rising is my vulnerable child like that is an actual psychological principle of like in your brain, you have these two parts, and I have that in my star chart. Yeah, and that's nicer to think about and deal with. Like, that, yeah. if that's a fun and more accessible way. And I didn't to actually have critical that. parents. I just have a little critical parent in my brain. Yeah, love that.
thank you for coming on this journey with us over these five episodes. Um, I know it's a bit of a short season of a podcast, but I guess it was just like a bit of a fun thing for us to do in the end of this wild, weird, wacky year that we've all had. We'll come back next year with some more deeper, insightful journeys through our charts and learning about each other and the world and our friends. The fun stuff. The gritty, real fun stuff of astrology rather than just the basics. Yeah. Like how you get to the point where you're like, oh, okay, like this is the planet I have in this sign, in this house, house, and this is how these things come together to make my life experience nuance from the person who has maybe the same sign like almost all of our friends have the same three last last three planets uranus neptune and pluto are capricorn capricorn scorpio for 95 percent of our friends it's only one who it isn't two ah. um <laughs> so most of our friends have the same setup but it's where those planets are placed in our charts and hopefully you're kind of starting to get to the point where you want to look at your whole chart and start thinking about the interactions between planets because that's where we're heading off to yeah in the next season looking more holistically yeah so this episode was all about what we want to do and how we get it done and our boundaries and fortune and all of that stuff so for head to head we are going to be looking at the signs as school subjects just as a bit of fun for the final episode i'm excited (laughs) me too it's time to go head to head so let's as we always do with head to head go in the order of the zodiac and start with aries can i just quickly make a comment in the first In the first episode, first head-to-head, we were like, oh, I'm doing it in the order so that I can wrap my head around it and kind of get it memorised. I'm basically there. It's great. Yeah. Between this and me doing, like, the Instagram content, so, like, every time the head-to-heads get posted on Instagram, I label all the files 1 through 11. The last head-to-head that I labelled 1 through... Sorry, 1 through 12. The last head-to-head that I labelled 1 through 12, I did it in not a, like, linear order, and I still could go... Like, Libra's seven. Yep. Cancer four. Love that. Like, I, I know on the top of my head that that's... What number that, each? What number each. each. Yeah. Sign is now. So, Aries. What'd Aries. What do you have? Um, for Aries, I have legal studies. Oh, nice. Yeah. For me, it's like that loving the intellectual debate, but being a bit fiery about it oh. is legal studies. I now want that for one of my other signs. <laughs> But for Aries, I had PE. Oh, okay. Because I think they're movers. I think they they're not they don't want to be sitting in a classroom mm-hmm. listening to a teacher. They want to be active and out there and moving and doing things and kind of just like having fun with friends, which I think is what <laughs> PE vastly different to any other assumption of PE and Aries that I would have made for you <laughs> being like they're super competitive they want to throw the ball in their opponent's faces they want to there's an opportunity for that in PE but it's yeah they want to play dodgeball I mean I think they do want to play dodgeball but that's because dodgeball's fun what am I for an Aries fire? What? <laughs> Taurus 
Uh, design and technology. I had food tech. Okay, so for me, like, I was yeah, like, at first I put down textiles because, mm-hmm. like, the materiality. But then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, but also woodwork and metalwork because they're the three things that were on offer at my school. But then I just went with the broad design and tech. I think yeah, there's, yeah. like, something about the process... something about the tactility of making something with your hands like they need that between the sitting and looking at a book or a screen or a whiteboard for hours on end they need that mental break and tactility yeah I mean similar thing like for me when I was at school food tech so like DT design technology was kind of lumped into like different terms and one term you'd do textiles and one term you'd do food tech and one term you'd do like construction woodworky things of some kind but food tech for tourists because they're like eating it's (laughs) like it's (laughs) like making comfort food feeding their friends it's got that kind of like social homebody vibe to it which I think is very tourist like I think People like tourists as homebodies, but they're also social. They just want to socialize at home. Yes, they want or to like, invite their friends over a or lot. Or like to a restaurant or something. They're just, they're not going out, out, but yeah. they still... I vibe it. Yeah. So what do you have for Gemini? English. Because mm. I think, like, maybe even English extension too. Like, <laughs> I think Geminis, they're known for their wit and their intellect. And I just think English is... Where you learn to be witty with language. Mm, okay. Um, and to, like, use language to create different meanings and the way that if you... Oh, God, I hope we've done the same thing again. I've got English for Libra. Oh! <laughs> wow. We always get Libra and Gemini. Like, we give them the same things, but... I don't I don't think you'll have what I have for Libra for Gemini, Ooh, okay. though. I don't think it'll be a direct swap. Okay. What do you have for Gemini? Society and culture. Ah, I've ha- I have that, but not for Libra. Interesting. For me, it was like that curiosity of the Gemini, like the yeah. craving of yeah. like wanting to know about other people. Like mm-hmm. for me, they're like the interrogators. Like yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Th- like if your if your parents are Gemini's, like you're putting off taking your partner to see your parents because they're like the in- they're they're gonna be the ones who are like what are you doing with my child? What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Like they're the ones who are like, what's your life plan? What's your 10 year plan? Are you good enough for my kid? Like that is Gemini energy from a parent. And yeah. I think that like society and culture just like feeds that like curiosity in like being able to like learn about multiple different areas of the world and yeah. like how they operate differently to what you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think it's similar with English. Like English is a like reading books and stuff is yeah. a way to kind of escape, escape. and explore. Yes, but then leaving. also, but then also learn how to like viciously tear someone down with your words. <laughs> uh, for Cancer, this is the one that I that I I was just like, if if any subject is Cancer, community and family studies. Oh yeah, right. Which is a subject that was not taken up much when I was in school, but I saw a headline the other day about the subjects that uh, have a higher popularity amongst HSE students at the moment. And community and family studies is on the rise. It's hot property. I think they have spent a, at least, uh, let me do some quick maths, 13, 15 years promoting this heavily in Western Sydney. Ah, okay. Like my school had community and family studies. My school had it. It was just like, I don't know, eight students did it maybe. Oh, no. It was like big. I couldn't do geography in year 11 and 12 because not enough students wanted to do it. But there was a 
There was a community and family studies class. Wow. wow and wow, they had those wow. weird robotic babies. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, creepy. But yes, I think cancer, for obvious reasons of cancer being the sign of community and family. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm making an impromptu swap. Oh. <gasps> um, oh, am I? No, I'll stick to what I've got written down. Um, I was going to swap cancer and Scorpio. Mm. Cancer, I have PDHPE. Okay. And for me, it is the looking after yourself and your health to look after others. Yeah. It is knowing how to... Uh, it's not dodgeball. <laughs> it's No, it's, it's not dodgeball. It's the other side of PE. It's, it's, it's the, I mean, it's the HP. It's the H. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's the PDH. It's the PDH, the personal, personal development, development and health. And yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, not the physical. Not the physical education. No. no. It's the like learning about STDs and learning about safe and, sex, learning yeah. about peers and self-esteem and yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, I vibe that. Yeah. Yeah. Leo, surely we've got the same thing. On the count of three. One, two, three. Drama. Drama. I also put in there, <laughs> I also put in dance and choir, just in case you're a bit of a different kind of a Leo. Yeah, um, it's all about me. <laughs> any, any, any kind of performing arts subject. Yep. Agreed. Any of them. Yep. Again, they like being the center of attention. They like being dramatic. They like storytelling. They like processing through storytelling, which is what music, song and dance and theatre and all of that jazz. It's all about. Yeah, for sure. Band, probably. I would also maybe include band for the nerdier Leos. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, music, music. Yeah, I did choir specifically. Oh, choir specifically. I mean, that's yeah, not, that's that's not something... a subject. Yeah but, yeah, but it's an extracurricular and if anyone's doing one, it's going to be Leo. <laughs> <laughs> something uh, about choir kids hit different, you know? Yeah. True. All right. Virgo. What do you got? Maths. Maths also. Who else likes a graph? (laughs) Who else likes there being one way to do things (laughs) that is the correct way and there is one correct answer? This is why I sucked at maths because I was like, but I got my answer a roundabout way. And they're like, but that way isn't going to work every time. And I'm like, but it worked this time, didn't it? (laughs) Now, Georgia and I wrote these down like five minutes before recording this. And it was at this point that I was cackling i had written i had written down four answers yeah and i was cackling and it is because at this point like at at the time when i got to Vir- when i had written down the answer for virgo as maths i had four answers mm. i had aries legal studies yeah taurus design and tech yeah leo drama mm. and virgo maths mm. now we have a very we have one Aries in our life, and he's not a typical Aries. No. But he is a lawyer, and <laughs> I had legal studies. Yeah. We have a Taurus in our life. Yeah. Who studied design, textiles design, and graphic, and, yeah. and graphic design. Yeah. And he's now doing computer science engineering, and I put down design and technology. Yep. I have Leo Drama, which is <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> Hello. And our good friend just finished a PhD in maths and is a Virgo. And I was screaming because that is all I had. And I had just described our four friends without, without Without consciously consciously doing it. it. I got to this point and I looked at it and I was like, that's, that's our friends. So just to go with that. So I had PE for Aries. And when I was living with our Aries friend, that was 
his buff year. Oh, where it he was went his to buff the gym year. like several times a week. He was on chicken, broccoli, like every night. Like that was his buff year. So our Taurus friend cooks for me a all lot. the time. Like I big association of food and that particular friend. <laughs> And then Leo. The Virgo mathematician. Virgo mathematician is the same Virgo mathematician. And I am the dramatic Leo. Yeah. <laughs> so group. now I really want to know what you have for Libra. This, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't have the fit. Same, it doesn't have the same synergy. Uh, I had chemistry. Less to do with... <laughs> Look. STEM is very foreign to me. But when you think about chemistry in a broad sense, <laughs> Libras are all about chemistry. <laughs> you know, like social that's chemistry. That's not in a broad sense. That's in the metaphorical <laughs> sense, which is also a very Libra thing to do. Listen, we did these in five minutes and I normally spend days honing mine in. <laughs> but one of the ones you said, I wanted to, ch- I wanted to change Libra to legal studies. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be a nice fit. Well, I have English for for Libra for nice. the same reasons you had it for Gemini. Yeah. It's that, like, escapism, yep. learning how to communicate. Yeah. Like, all that stuff. All of that good stuff that you learn from English. I hated English. I'm, I'm a Libra. I assigned English to Libra, and I hated English with a passion. I did not understand at all why we had to do it. I'm just looking at the two subjects that I did best at school and what I assigned them, and they're... Your sun and rising. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, what do you have for Scorpio, though? So this is the one that had me cackling. Yeah. Because it's a type of history, but it's specifically ancient history. Because ain't nobody holding a grudge like Scorpio. <laughs> I was like, who? Because in my head, who cares about ancient... Like, sure, there's stuff to be learned from ancient history, but as a student, I was never interested. I was like, who would go back that far? Who cares? What implications (laughs) does it really have? And I know that the answer is lots, right? But this is the arguments of 16-year-old Georgia who did not care. And I was like, I I basically wrote someone down for modern history, and I was like, okay, well, if they're modern, who's ancient? And I just went straight off the bat, Scorpio. (laughs) Or just looking uh, back. Needs to be looking back. Yeah. Well, I have biology for Scorpio. Oh, nice. I'm not entirely sure what my rationale is. I originally had PDHPE. Uh-huh. And then I put biology in for cancer, and then I decided that needed to be swapped. Yep. And then I, again, decided maybe it should be swapped again. But I left it. Mm. And I think it's, like, to do with understanding the, like, processes, but, like, in a hum- for me, biology is the most human of the sciences. Like, I yeah, did yeah, biology yeah. in year 11. Yeah. And for me, it's, like, it's the more interpretive, which, like, fits with a water sign. Yeah. And it's, like, they get to maybe talk about some of the taboo things. Mm-hmm. Like, it fits probably more with PDHPE, but, like, doing, like... But a Scorpio would like talking about the... To- as a Especially as a teenager, would like talking about the taboo in a biology sense rather than is a why I because of the it. guardedness yes i because i was yeah. like oh like you know they want to talk about the same things but they want the distance they want to be able to talk about those things from a biological scientific like from a matter of this fact is, this is not me personally there's like some distance here for me yeah. and i can ask these questions that i want to know the answers to without seeming weird or like without revealing em- too much yeah without revealing too my much. my personal life 
So that's why. Oh no, I, I vibe that. I yeah. vibe that hard. That's why I gave it biology. So I had two subjects for Sagittarius. Okay. Because. Well, I have a category of subjects, so. I mean, to me, these subjects are one category mm-hmm. because I had society and culture slash studies of religion. Okay, yeah. Because if you went, if you were forced to do studies of religion because you went to a Catholic school or whatever, yeah. you're not, that's not Sagittarius vibes. But if you didn't and you just went to a public school and it was just an option for you to do it and you did it, that's big Sagittarius vibes. <laughs> and the flip side is if you were forced to do studies of religion but were interested in those things but detested religion because you had to do it for school for so many years, you were doing society and culture. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's kind of similar for what you had for like Gemini uh, in terms of society and culture and studies of religion. It's about learning how... like. It's the closest that a high school student can get to exploring the big giant world out there. And for similar reasons, I went with languages. Yeah, love it. Because you can then... Well, I probably should have swapped Gemini and Sag, because for me it's like being able to communicate. Like, uh, no, as a... What was your Gemini? Society and culture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for Scorpio... No, for Sag, it's definitely languages. It's languages over society and culture for me, because... Where a Gemini wants to have, like, that weird, curious fascination with other cultures and, like, wants to learn as much as they can. For Sag, there is something about being able to have that conversation with the person. Being able to have that one-to-one interaction. Being able to, like, learn directly from the source. They don't want to hear about, like, the economic structure. They They don't care about the economic structure of Nigeria. They want to go to Nigeria and have a chat to some locals and find out what the Nigerian people yeah. are living Saturate their life. Saturate themselves in that culture rather than learning about it from a distance. Yeah, so yeah, I think fair. that's why I went with languages. Very, very fair. I think we're going to have the same for Capricorn. What have you got? Oh, really? You do? I had woodwork and construction. Oh, no. Well, we're <laughs> I not. I was like, I don't think we're going to have the same thing. <laughs> well, you knew we weren't going to have the same thing. I have business studies. Oh, nice. I forgot that was a subject. <laughs> <laughs> No, but so I had, yeah, I mean, business studies make sense. Like, I don't even need to explain it. No, really. You just heard it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's, explanation. That's it. Um, I had woodwork construction because it's, again, with that earth sign, that materiality of mm. making something and making something sturdy and rigid, like making a table or making a dustpan and brush or whatever it is. That's more metal work. But, and then the... So I know it as woodwork, but when I was looking up subjects, something called construction was there. And I was like, have they just renamed woodwork to be construction? Or is there construction that's about, like, site management and Ooh. that? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Like, that's, development also a Capri- that's also a Capricorn So thing. it tied in nicely. I was like, whether it's construction or woodwork, it's that's what it is. Yeah. What did you have for Aquarius? History. Mm-hmm. And it's Same, but the modern... <laughs> I, do, I, I honestly, there's a part of me that doesn't know why I selected history. Uh, I knew an Aquarius who said that if he had no familial pressure, he would have studied history, but there was no money in it. So Maybe did not study history. Right. No, like I made that conscious after the other four that were right, you assigned were to friends. Efforts. I was like, well, I guess, you know, if I know one Aquarius who, stu- who wanted to study history, it'll, it'll go fine, whatever. Um, there was like something about they're so known for not doing what is the status quo. There was something about them having to know in depth what the status quo is to mm. not repeat it. Yeah. 
for me, it was specifically modern history, not ancient history, which was the history I vibed with that yeah. I did um, at school. Because, I mean, one, there's the more kind of, like, hearing you talk about that has made me go, oh, I know exactly why, according to, like, you know, the fun stereotypes, which is what head-to-head is an exercise in. <laughs> yes. Um, which is that modern history is the space in the classroom where you literally get to discuss conspiracy theories. Oh. Like, because that's all historians do, right? Like, yeah. historians are the inventors of conspiracy theories because there are conspiracy theories that are real, right? And there are... Like, I'm thinking back to the uh, my, the units that I did and we had, like, an essay question that was, like, was Lenny Riefenstahl a Nazi? Yes or no? And there were two sides to that argument and you could be like, nope, she was just... A woman who lived in Germany who wanted to be an artist and Hitler liked her art and when the most powerful man in the country says I like your art make me some videos yeah you're gonna make videos oops a daisy propaganda that's one theory the other theory is that she's a Nazi living in Nazi Germany working for Hitler clearly a Nazi <laughs> right but it's like making the propaganda to... because she wanted, wanted to. to and so you get to you know you get to look at who shot who shot presidents and mm. all that good stuff. Why they shot presidents. Yes. If you know the who, the why. Yes. And then also just the the implications that modern history has on contemporary society and a, desi- a deep desire to understand that. Very Aquarius. Yeah. That's very Aquarius. Yeah. That's my favorite answer so far. Well, I know, I know <laughs> that we have the same for Pisces because you haven't mentioned it. I haven't mentioned it. And I know that we both have it in our... Interpretive dance. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I had dance already. Exactly. It's visual arts. It's visual arts. <laughs> of course it is. Of course. It could also be English for creative writing. Yeah, but that's niche. But it's it's visual arts. My Pisces rising is the one that didn't understand why I had to do English. <laughs> and once again, the Pisces lands in our in our spot of artist. Yes. They always we always fall back on Pisces being the little artist, or at least I do. I think we, I think I have come to agree, and I think it's because like in our big three, that's the one thing we have in common, mm. like in different placements. But mm. for me, that's the synergy in like our chosen fields and areas of yeah. interest. That's where we intersect. Yeah. So that is the end of the episode and the end of the season. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.